Welcome to this very special series brought to you by Straight to the Source and Food South Australia with support from the Department of Trade and Investment. We're coming to you today from the traditional lands of the Ghana people, and we'd like to begin by paying our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today. We've taken our studio on the road to Adelaide, where we're catching up with 10 exciting producers from regions across South Australia to find out what puts them at the forefront of creativity and innovation in food production. It's been really fantastic to spend time in South Australia over the last few days. It's really reinforced the diversity that's on offer here and the outstanding quality across the board. You can feel the connection and collaboration between producers and it's really wonderful because it makes them so much stronger together. Yeah, we've had we've had and heard some fantastic conversations with producers over the last few days and we're really looking forward to sharing their stories with you. And it's been mighty delicious. <laughs> Let's get started. Today's guest is Pip Lawson from Pinnery Farms, who with her husband Skeet, grow, sprout and mill lentils and wheat into a fine and highly nutritious flour. Welcome to our pop-up Adelaide studio, Pip. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. And I'd love to start by asking you just to tell us a little bit about your uh, farm and your business, Pinnery Farm. So we moved back to our farm about 10 years ago and we, yeah, have gone down this path, as you said, about growing, sprouting and milling our grains into and creating this delicious and nutritious flour. So the reason why we sprout is it releases all these micronutrients that actually lie dormant in the seed um, and they're ready for your body to absorb. So thinking about local and regional, where, where is Pinaroo in South Australia? Paint a picture for our listeners. Yes, yeah, so we're right on the border of um, South Australia and Victoria. And if you know the Riverland, we're directly south and that's oh, about an hour, hour and a half. Okay. So approximately two and a half hour drive to Adelaide. So we're in a semi-arid environment. So um, the lentils work really well where we farm and they're excellent for soil sustainability and health. So that's why we love growing them in our crop rotation. So you're growing lentils, barley and wheat. Is that what you've always grown or have lentils been introduced recently or what, what's the history of, of the farm? Yeah, so before we were using uh, peas because actually it was my father's farm, so we've moved back to there. And he was always very big on looking after our soil. So we've actually been doing no-till for – actually, this year's our 20th year. Mm-hmm. So I know that's been, you know, in the media a lot now about these regenerative ag practices. Yep. Yeah, but there's much ac- more understanding, isn't there, which e- is great. Yeah, but I feel the farmers in the Mallee, because we are in a semi-arid environment, we've had to adopt those practices – ages and ages ago so we're really reaping the rewards now seeing our soil really healthy so growing a legume actually fixes nitrogen back in into the soil structure um and then we so we don't plow like they used to in the old days because um that retains soil moisture we develop a better structure in the soil by keeping last year's stubble and then that gets all turned in when we seed, which is now happening now. Right, right yeah. this minute. <laughs> so how did the, the business of actually 
sprouting a million year own flower come to be? So you've been grain farmers for a, a while yep. and pulse farmers, but but how did it evolve into the products that you have in the market now, which is the sprouted red lentil flour and sprouted wheat flour? Yes. So there's three factors. A couple of years ago, our region went through a very dry period and a lot of our lentils were becoming chipped and damaged through the machinery because there was no spring rain to finish them off. So no fault of our own, they looked a little bit cracked and dented and they were rejected from the export market, which we were, um, which we typically sell into. So we actually had produce that we had no market to sell to. And when it's already been a tough season for a farmer, having that produce just sitting around is not well, ideal. rejected first of all, that would yeah, be devastating. Yeah, just based on visuals. So we actually milled it at that stage to test the nutritionals and... Um, they were amazing. So my husband and I started to question, well, why aren't we eating more Australian lentils? Um, Is there a market for a pulse flower, which is where we started, and we call that our original flower. And we launched a website just to test the market and do a lot of customer discovery. Is this too weird for people? Not sure. (laughs) And that led down – We also had a family um, my daughter was an extremely fussy eater and we started to look at other ways to access protein and nutrients which then led down the sprouting path wow yeah so really a journey of discovery and innovation because you were faced by all these challenges so you hadn't been milling prior to that no no and sprouting was a very new concept obviously sprouting's been around for thousands of years so that's not new but we feel it's a different way to eat grain. We feel we are a food fortification solution, so where people can add in additional nutrients into pre-existing recipes. It's Both flours are extremely easy to use, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can cook a lasagna, and instead of using a plain flour or a corn flour in your bechamel sauce, you can use lentil flour, and you're getting that extra micronutrients. And that's from the sprouting process. Yeah, that's correct. So the sprouting process for us is a three-day process. So once the grain's harvested, it's stored in its own silo, so the wheat and lentil, because our lentil's obviously gluten-free, has its own chamber where it's stored. And then we... And then we sprout it, or some people know it as activation. So we activate it, and then we... To a particular point where it's the most optimal nutrient available. And how do, how, what is that sprouting process? So you rinse the lentils? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we rinse and then we soak and then we drain whatever little bit of water's left um, and then we dry at a certain temperature for a certain amount of hours. And this whole process took about 10 months of R&D. I was just going to yeah. ask how long did it take to find those exact points of how long to soak for yep. and dry yep. for? Because if you over sprout it it starts to because we trick the seed thinking it's growing a plant so you're activating the enzymes yeah that's correct and when we pause it all of those micronutrients that lay dormant in every seed um, are released and are ready for your body to absorb and the one thing we're finding currently with our customers especially using the red lentil flour is 
that it's extremely gentle on the digestive system because some uh, the phytic acid has been broken down and the breaking down process has already started in that sprouting so phase. the body doesn't have to do that work. It yeah. can just literally absorb all yep. the nutrients. That's exactly right. So all the additional fiber and iron and folate and in wheat we've got a high amount of calcium which is really really exciting for us and we've started with wheat and lentil because that's where what we grow on our farm but the endless possibilities of other crop varieties and um, we're in conversations about looking at native seeds as well oh wow and exploring that because that would be fun to find out what's in them and, and really <laughs> exciting in terms of diversity of flavor yep. and nutritional value as well yeah so in terms of going on that journey of needing to find a solution milling your own flowers and trying to get them to the market what has been the biggest challenge in in that process well that is a good question probably working out when we're doing our R&D, we obviously do it in small batches of a couple of kilos. So moving to that next size up, <laughs> now we are doing them in five-ton batches and finding the equipment which can allow us to replicate the processes or if we need a larger a sprouting piece of equipment, we, can, we know that we can expand quite easily. Um, that has been quite challenging uh, <laughs> and doing lots of tr- lots and lots and lots of trials and testing and obviously making sure our microbials, because we're adding water to the grain, um, making sure that's taken care of. <laughs> and there's time involved in that, obviously, oh, because you've yeah. got the crop cycle as well that yes. you need to work with. So yes. it's not a quick process to go through that. R&D. No, that's right. And... And we also are designing this business so it can fit in and around our crop cycle and what my husband is doing on the farm. So at the moment, we're just at the point where we're thinking about hiring someone to help with the farm farm side of it. So uh, Skeet and I quite enjoy the actual sprouting process because it's quite rewarding seeing and creating this really, really nutritious ingredient. So you've gone through this journey, you've created this amazingly nutritional product that really the market has um, never seen before. How did you go through the process of introducing it to the market and to customers? Yeah, so I went through a program called Farmers to Founders and I was lucky enough to win a, win a grant with them and they really helped to navigate the customer discovery. Are we solving a problem all of these fundamentals, a lot of research. And we did all this through COVID. (laughs) And my husband, yeah, one of my mentors said, you need to just ring people and don't ask them really direct questions, but find out how they shop and what they're looking for. So my husband put an ad on, not an ad, but just a post on Facebook. And I just spent pretty much two weeks ringing random people. And I think because everyone was in lockdown, they were so happy (laughs) They had time. They, they wanted to, to me. So I saw that as a bit of a blessing, but um, out of all the whole COVID mess. But uh, yeah, so I had very lengthy and insightful problems because originally we weren't. We originally we weren't going to do a gluten free lentil flour because we thought, how are we going to do that? We grow wheat and barley 
on our farm. But after doing a lot of customer discovery, we found how about uh, how important it was for these people who can't tolerate gluten. How important it, they really were searching for a flour that had a lot of nutrition in it and wasn't highly processed and didn't have a lot of synthetic. And what were they using currently? Other, not pulse-based flowers anyway. So I think it, it's changing now. Like this was probably two years ago when we started doing this research. And I notice now there's a lot more available, which is fantastic in the mainstream supermarkets and things. Um, but they hadn't actually thought of lentils as a flower, which was because <laughs> I think Australians don't typically eat a lot of lentils. And why do you think that is? Oh, probably because of preparation, you know, the whole soaking thing and maybe they're worried about them making them fart. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, people do worry about things like that. They do and they and the bloating. So that's when we were looking at the sprouted flower – we were getting a lot of feedback that they weren't having the bigger side effects that, and that's because of the sprouting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we thought, well, that's a winner, and well, that'd make for an interesting slogan, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make you fart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we should run with that. <laughs> so, as an ingredient, um, how are people using it? What is the feedback you're getting? Yeah. So our customers who are purchasing either in store or via our online shop are using our lentil flour in either sweet or savory recipes so they're adding a couple tablespoons to their pancakes in the morning or sprinkling on their scrambled eggs right through like I said before making a bechamel sauce or if they're making some sort of cheesy pasta bake they'll add in a couple of tablespoons or a quarter of a cup in through there or even in a tomato base So you can add it to existing recipes. You don't have to sort of reinvent the wheel and and create new recipes for people to be able to incorporate it into their diets. Yeah, that's right. And we had one customer write an email to us telling how she she was uh, cooking for her mum who's been quite unwell and she was adding it into mashed potato because she was looking for ways to add natural proteins into that's not flavoured in vanilla or chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and, as so many things are. Yes, and looking for natural ways to add, and the flavour too, because I think sometimes when people are unwell or their diets are changing in their latter years of life, they're wanting these sort of really richer flavours because our taste buds do change yeah. as, as we age as well. So it's really versatile and it can be used to fortify foods, to, to fortify people's diets and yeah. add a high amount of nutrition to it. Um, so therefore really suitable for the aged care sector, for yeah. young children. And, and you mentioned before, that's how your family sort of yeah. started off on this journey. And so what is, what is the flavor profile? So in the lentil, it's because of the sprouted process, it's a softer lentil taste. It's still a lentil. Uh, it's just a softer taste. Um, we find that when you – and earthy, so it's quite earthy. Some people get a slight peppery taste without the heat, but I think that dip- – I've never tasted that, but I, I do <laughs> I do hear that. I, a lot of chefs like using it with some meat dishes because it brings out the meat uh, and rosemary and these quite, you know um, – 
savory flavors that yeah enhance enhances it them. but then it can be quite soft in a creamy whatever something mm. creamy that you make you can use it it goes beautifully with cinnamon and chocolate if you're looking in a baking and our wheat flour is quite sweet so I, I make sprouted wheat flour pancakes and I don't even add any sugar I probably added a teaspoon of vanilla essence <laughs> and um and yeah the it. kids yeah that's it because the flour is quite quite su- a lot sweeter and that you just mentioned baking so let's talk about that so I imagine because of its high nutritional value and the fact that it's gluten-free this is a really exciting product for bakers yeah so we can make you can make an Anzac biscuit for example using 100% lentil flour and it gives it a slightly different different flavor and yeah we're that's exciting for people um it blends really well with other gluten-free flours or even other like people sometimes use rice flour with it or so you can mix it in oh yeah yeah balance out the flavor profile that way absolutely and we make our own pizza doughs so we'll mix half and half or make some flatbreads so it's got a lot of a lot of versatility and the wheat flour because it is quite high in protein so it's quite a heavy dense flour um i i use that in biscuits that don't need to have the height as what you would in a cake but i with my lent with the lentil flour yeah i I can mix that with some self-raising or do a half and half we do suggest to people until you're used to cooking with it on our packet we've got uh, very easy downloadable recipes to help get you started but we do suggest um just trying a quarter of a cup and mixing it with your regular flour just to see how you go and and then increase yeah from and that. then increase because sometimes the mixture depending on your batter it can be a little bit more drying so easily to fix because you can add a, a tablespoon of milk or a little bit more oil or depending how you like to bake um, or an extra egg and it is fine oh sounds delicious yeah I have to give you some. <laughs> well, I tasted the crackers that you have just. Oh, yeah. They were really delicious. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so is there anyone else in Australia sprouting flowers and grains and pulses? There are people who are sprouting uh, probably at a more micro level. I think our unique point of difference is that we do offer a flower that's 100% sprouted. So we have not blended it with any other flour um some people have some of our competitors have created a blended flour so which you know you still have the benefits of sprouting but we are all in with a hundred percent and and so it's authentic and it's provenance driven as well because it's from your farm yeah that's right and there is a big sprout of flour market especially over in canada and I know I was reading the story of a lady over there and she exports her sprouted flour to 14 different countries. So I have noticed it starting to sneak in to some of our stores. Yeah. So that, but that's fine. That just gives me more confidence that. You're on the right pathway. Yeah. Fantastic. What goals or projects are in the pipeline that you're really excited about right now? So we are excited to explore the native seed, um, side of sprouting we think that could have huge potential there's already a massive trend over in Canada and the US and in Europe too actually with sprouted grains which hasn't quite yet 
reached Australia. So we're very excited about being 100% Australian. We're not importing any other flowers to blend or doing anything like that. We'd love to create a brand that's uniquely Australian and I'm telling that Australian story yeah that's right and you know my husband and I know exactly how the the plant has grown to so we have quite a sense of responsibility of soil health and how we uh, what practices we choose to use in in our agronomy and yeah and I think to grow slightly bigger to the next stage is very exciting so I think we would like to build a big new shed and (laughs) put some slightly bigger equipment just for efficiency so um, we're going to start our next round of R&D after seeding which will take it takes a little while which is quite a long process to bring out a new product but it is getting a bit more quicker the more times we do it. And so by building this infrastructure you'll be able to then scale the business and what are the markets that are interested in it right now and where do you see that growth going I see from the feedback we're getting I am seeing people wanting to have a point of difference in from this is from a food manufacturing food service um, point of view Uh, they're wanting to have a point of difference in their menu for example and I feel that we can offer that they're wanting to have a point of difference in their cracker Um, some people are looking to increase their nutritional profile Um, aged care our lentil flour can be subbed one for one with a corn flour which I think is really exciting yeah that's no lumps either yeah (laughs) that's really exciting Uh, yeah (laughs) Um, and then you know adding that extra nutrition into their everyday meals and it can be used in entrees mains and desserts so it is it's I mean you've really got a lot of growth opportunity because it's so suitable for the retail direct to consumer market but you've got this really great opportunity in food service and across all different sectors like you said from fine dining through to manufacturing that's right so where can listeners find your products so if they head to our website so it's just pinnerufarms.com.au uh, on you can find a list of our stockers, which is updated monthly. We're not yet interstate. <laughs> That's we've just launched in South Australia to start with, and you can also buy online. If you are a food manufacturer or a chef, and you're wanting slightly larger quantity than a kilo, <laughs> you can always contact us, and we can organise some samples. Like we're more than happy for people to try trial it in their whatever they're doing and yeah then we can work it out from there fantastic well if anyone is listening and they're interested we'll put some uh, links in the show notes and uh, you can also reach out to Tonya or myself and we can connect you with Pip and Skeet I'd love to just talk quickly about South Australia as a state and and just how on the forefront of you know innovation and produce that it really is it's always had a very strong identity as being an amazing Uh, state for food uh, and produce how does being involved in an industry association like food sa support you and your business Mm, we've had a wonderful experience with food sa we are first of all most farmers so moving into even though we're very integral to the food system (laughs) um we we found that food sa gave us a really good base to ask all the questions that we had no idea like how do you do 
barcodes to who should I talk to? Um, I've got this problem. Do you know someone? Um, I make you feel that no question's stupid, you know? Oh, absolutely. And the support around pricing. So looking at all the different models, like do you want a distributor or are you planning to export? So I have found a lot of those conversations very, very helpful and especially when you're in a startup and we're in a different industry. (laughs) Well, all those things, they really are challenges and barriers, aren't they? If you don't find that right sort of community or Mm organisation or infrastructure to to support you on that journey, because when you're on the farm, you're wearing a lot of different hats and you're thinking about all these different things you've got to do for the business. It's a juggle and it's hard to know where to start. Yeah. And being remote, well, not remote, remote, but two and a half hours away too, it does... Yeah, you just want to make sure that you're not – when you do drive down to Adelaide, it's usually a day trip. Um, so you want, to not, you want to know you're not wasting your time and I feel that they are very good at putting you in touch with people that can help you solve problems. <laughs> Sorry. That's great. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. And you mentioned yesterday that just the conversations you've been having over the two days of the trade show have really been so insightful and helpful. Mm-hmm. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so – I have learned so much and I thank anyone who's listening who has stopped and had a chat to me (laughs) and answered all my questions. Um, I have learned a lot more about food processing. I have learned a lot more about R&D and the process, you know, we're looking at maybe involving, you know, how could I involve the university, for example. Um, I've learned... Uh, I spoke to one guy yesterday who'd just come back from an American food and bev trade show. And so we had a great conversation. It was only 10 minutes, but man, I learned a lot about the trends over there. And it just gave us confidence again that we are heading in the right direction and in the right space and it and it will be here. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. And having those conversations also, again, helps reinforce that you are either on the right pathway or some yeah, the, conversations <laughs> you go, okay, yeah. well, now I know that's not for me. So it does kind of open doors and close yes. doors, which is really helpful. Yes. And people who've sort of been indirectly involved or they did this job of retail a while ago, but they've shifted and sharing their experiences um, has been really really priceless actually that's great for a newbie like me <laughs> <laughs> newbie well you've achieved a lot in what two two yeah. and a half three years so we launched officially in July last year wow okay yeah so we did spend about a year sort of a bit more on the down low um really learning about our customers and our market and potential for growth so that's an incredible achievement in the past what not even 12 months to to see where you are now oh thank you so (laughs) is export on the cards where do you see your guys where do you see yourselves in five years time what will pinnery farms be and where will we see it yeah I we have a massive passion for how we grow our grains and then how we sprout our grains and I think we will do that. We do do that well. Um, someone asked me about my crack, seeded cracker biscuit, and they're going, "Oh, you're going to bring out a biscuit?" I'm like, they, no. they are delicious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I said, "I don't know." I said, "I don't think that's our thing." But you know, then that opened up the discussion of, "Well, can we work together in collaboration yeah, with other like-minded producers?" Absolutely. So that's super exciting. And yeah, I, I do think there's a huge potential in Southeast Asia. 
to enter into that market. And look, we are all ears with all ideas. So if you have one, hit us up. <laughs> well, Tonya and I are absolutely thrilled to be on this journey with you and Skeet oh, and watch you. the growth yeah. of your business. Um, the products are really, really exciting. As you said, they're nutritious, they, um, they're versatile, they're flavoursome and there's yep. so much opportunity for them. So we can't wait to see what the future holds. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 